World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, got me doodling over here again as we wake up here on Monday morning, the uh, 28th day of August, 2020. 23, and the Lord ain't making another one. This is the only August 28, 2023 he will ever make, ever. And uh, he's given us this day to do what we can in this day. But we can't reclaim yesterday. Tomorrow's not here. So uh, this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Got a lot of stuff I want to talk about here this morning, but before I do, I, I just... If for such a thing as, uh, you know, they use that old saying, bursting with pride, bursting with pride. Our prayer last night was stupendous. And uh, let me tell you why it was stupendous. Thank you. First of all, thanks for all of you who joined. And some of you forgot, some of you couldn't. And that's okay. That's okay. We had some new people probably joined us who'd never been with us before. And that's okay. Let me click on something here a minute. If it starts making more. Yeah, okay. Um <clears throat> You guys took great coaching, and I'm not saying that because I'm patting myself on the back. We, You folks prayed effectual prayers last night. And um, even Michelle, not, I, that sounds stupid, even Michelle. Michelle commented that, wow, some of those people actually prepared prayers. I said, no kidding. They prepared. They came with their gun loaded, didn't they? So yeah, man, man, oh man. And I just I just kind of sat here in amazement. Amazement. Because look, folks, <clears throat> the Lord, I believe the Lord will give us personal interpretation, not personal in that he changes it. But unless the word becomes life and real to you, it's not really the word, is it? And when when you understand the power of that word. And you apply that word. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. He didn't send you begging and moaning and complaining about, oh, poor Billy and poor Todd. That he didn't, that's not the word he sent. So what he said. No. He said he sent his word and healed them. And so we ask ourselves, why aren't more people getting healed? Well, I'd say it has something to do with us, not with him. The Bible also tells us that God's no respecter of persons. He ain't going to be nice and heal Betty and be mean and not heal me. He doesn't operate that way. Now, we never ever get into the point where we understand the will of God, what the will of God is. Because the Bible says that his will is that none would perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. But we know this, many are perishing, right? But it's not his will that they would perish. But he permits it to happen. It's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to understand. And the problem 
isn't with God. The problem is with us. And part of the issue that we run into is because we are teaching, me included, a false version or application of God, his prayer, and how he moves. That's a, that's a you remember when, when Jesus showed up, Lazarus is dead. And he'd been dead uh, three years. In fact, his uh, Lazarus' sister comes up and says, Lord, uh, he's, he's going to stink. Don't, don't open that grave. He's, he's going to stink. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He's just asleep. Well, I could go. I could ride just right on that statement. Uh, huh? He clearly dead. He clearly dead. And Jesus said, no, no, no. He's in heaven. We'll get him back. We'll get him back down here. No, no. He said, no, he's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. Then what did Jesus say? Did they have to do all kinds of fancy prayer and everything, fasting? And No. Jesus did say that sometimes only this kind comes out with prayer and fasting. This kind? This kind? But anyway, what did he say? He said, uh, Lazarus, get out of there. Come out of here. <laughs> In face of all the doubt that his sisters had and everybody had to, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Get out of there. And then when Jesus, then Lazarus, Walks out and he stands. There he is standing in front of all the people. What did Jesus say next? Do you know? What did he say? He said, loose him and let him go. He came out in grave clothes. Lazarus did. Wrapped in grave clothes. And what did Jesus say? Everybody standing around, the religious folks standing around watching. He said, let him go. You, look, you get those grave clothes off of him. You did. I brought him back to life. You get those grave, you get those things that have had him bound up his whole life. It's your job to get those things off of him. Loose him and let him go. That's what our prayers are supposed to do. And I, you know, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I wish, uh, uh, I wish I saw more miracles of God. Don't you guys wish you saw more miracles of God? Do we think that God's the problem or are we the problem? Is that we're not doing something right? I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Bible says healing is the children's bread. Bible says He sent His word and healed them. The Bible says God's no respecter of persons. If He did it for this guy, He'll do it for this guy. Why aren't we seeing? Why is it faith healers heal people in church services, but not in hospitals? We'll say that again. When Benny him and Benny him and Benny her and Benny, why don't they just go into the hospitals and lay hands on people and heal them? I don't have an answer. But I know this, we don't understand God. Again, I'm just proud of y'all. I'm proud of y'all. And uh, you did your due diligence. You came armed for the battle. And it went on for an hour and a half. My wife said, wow. Some of those people actually prepared ahead of time. <laughs> no kidding. They did. So I tip my cap to all of you. Anybody have a reaction? I'm going to open it up for a little bit. Uh, I got some good stuff I want to dive into here, but I just want to open it up, give you a chance to come in and make a comment or two about it. <clears throat> Go ahead, Alan. Morning, Coach. I just real quick, one of my former football players, his daughter was in the hospital for 21 days. Some kind of issue and brain issue or bleeding or whatever had to put a stunt in. And I reached out to him because he's not serving God. 
And he said, Coach, I'm just not ready yet. Mm. So that could be a reason why folks go, you know, if Benny Hinn or whoever did go in there, did they ask for prayer? Do yeah. they believe? You know, everybody that got healed in Jesus' time, they come up and they begged him, asked him. They're desperate. He didn't just roll into town and everyone got healed. That's right. So there's a perfect example of someone I'm praying for his daughter, but he tells me that the, the priest of his home tells me he ain't ready for Jesus yet. Well, what else is it going to take to get you ready? <laughs> huh? It's crazy. That's right. That's right. And, and I, as if, right? He'll move on your time frame, time scale, right? He'll move on. <laughs> when, hey, let me know when you're ready, right? I'll, I'll come by and heal you when you're ready, right? I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <clears throat> and this is, so this stuff is so much is just so wrapped up, man. The idea that Jesus loves everybody and yada yada. We're, we're just we're teaching a false. Uh, some something's happened to us. Something's happened to our religion, faith of our fathers, something's happened to it, friends. It's not, it's not what it used to be. Somewhere along the line, our, the faith of our fathers went from faith and belief in Jesus to faith and belief in ourselves with the help of Jesus. That's part of our problem. John Loveland, come on in, John. Thanks for joining last night, John. You're up, John. George, come on in while we're waiting on John. Okay. Yeah, I just want to double that. That's it right there. You got to ask. And um, last night, last night, there's a lot of people love the Lord. Hang on a second, George. Hang on. Go ahead, John. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't unmute. I don't know that's why. Right, but, uh, I'm driving. Right. I'm driving, but I, I, I can't. I can't look up the verse. I think it's in in Mark six. Remember when it said that uh, he could do no mighty works among them because of their doubt and unbelief? Yeah, there's too much doubt. That's right. Yes. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you read the entirety of that chapter, he was. Th- these people were offended on Jesus. They were offended that that Jesus uh, was claiming to be the Son of God. You know. Right. When I read that, you know, and, and a lot of preachers, they'll take this verse and say, it's, you have to be in faith, and if you're not in faith, and if you have doubt, you're not going to get healed. What happens here, though, is we don't qualify for that kind of dis, uh, um, unbelief because we're not offended on Jesus. We've accepted him. We're expecting him to do things. So when, when I, I believe when this is preached in that manner, I believe it's preached in error. And and what it does, it it, it heaps a, it puts a place on it on an individual where they they can't be healed. I, I, uh, the other thing too is, you know, we say we have authority in Christ, and and I've heard many ministers say this, you know, when they're about to pray for people with healing. Well, you know, you have to receive my my uh, my prayer, brother, and make sure that you're in faith. But if if you take the authority that we have in Christ. And, and you, you parallel that in the authority that we have, say, on earth. Like if you were a CEO of, an, of a company, right, and, and you, you say, I have the authority to make decisions here, you're responsible for that authority that you, you choose, right? So, so but we, what we do in the kingdom is we say, I have authority in Christ, but I'm going to put the responsibility on you to get healed. And if you don't get healed, it's your problem. And so we, we, we've created, uh, you know, a place where God can't heal. I'm talking about, you know, in the church and all. I, I remember years ago there was a, a, a lady came to me and my wife and said, uh, 
she had a, a herniated disc and she could hardly walk. And uh, she said, would you and your wife pray for me? And I, I said, yeah, absolutely. And she said that to me. She says, you know, I know if I'm not in the place of receiving your prayer, then, you know, I, I probably won't get healed. I said, you know what, put all that aside. I said, let's look at James 5. It says that if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. Pray over them, anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord will raise them up. I said, look at the order of which, what God said here. He said, you come to the elders. You came. My job is to pray in faith and anoint you with oil. God's job is to raise you up. I said, your job's done. You came. I said, if you don't get healed today, it'll be my fault. And you know what? Uh, prayed for her for about five minutes, and that she had a lump on the back of her, uh, on her lower part of her back. Her husband had his hand on that lump, and it just disappeared. She got up and walked around the block. She couldn't even walk into my house. So anyway, I'm saying that because I think what we've done is we've even read these books that say, hey, uh, you know, seven hindrances to healing. Let's stop looking for the hindrances because God wants to heal. Amen? Amen. We religionize everything, John. Amen. Amen. George, go ahead. Coach? Let George come back in here. Go ahead, George. I don't have a hand to raise, so. <coughs> okay. <coughs> Excuse me. George? No, George? Yeah. Coach, I actually kind of forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Okay, cool. Well, 906, come on in then. Okay, this is Mary Beth, Coach. I can't. I got something going wrong with my phone, but I heard a program yesterday about that, about the healing and how, and, it, and I kind of liked what he said. He said, Jesus healed everyone back then, but that was just to show that they were still filled with, most most people were still filled with unbelief, even after they were healed. And I thought it was just a very interesting point. Amen. Amen. So they said he healed everyone. I don't know how to understand Healing is children's bread. I don't know why more people don't get healed. I don't understand it. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Myra, real quickly, then I'm, then I'm going somewhere. Hang on. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. And what Brother John Loveland uh, quoted was Matthew thirteen fifty eight King James Version, and he did not mighty works there because of their own belief. In um, my opinion, if what we experienced yesterday is uh, summarized in Colossians one twenty seven twenty eight, to whom. God will make known that is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't understand, right, that Christ is in us. Christ dwells in us bodily. It's the same thing we were saying earlier. Uh, that, uh, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I came to come, I will be done in earth, not on earth, in earth. Anyway, I don't want to get, I don't get drugged down that rabbit hill. Pull up Isaac Yoder. If you could for me there, uh, Jonathan, it's a standalone email since it's this morning, second one. Uh, Isaac Yoder, our friend, our dear friend, son-in-law of, of uh, Carmen and Al, great, great young man. Uh, the sentence we talked about the other, he made the Gateway Pundit today. It's, pretty, it's a pretty big story, Gateway Pundit. This is Isaac Yoder, who did nothing, he did nothing except walk into the Supreme Court, I'm sorry, into the Capitol building. That's a picture of him dressed in his Paul Revere gear or whatever with a flag talking to a policeman. Scroll on down a little bit. 
we need to pray for Isaac because he was sentenced. There he is in, in the building. Look at the cops standing there watching him. He's not doing anything. He's holding an American flag. Looks like he's texting on his phone or doing something. Keep scrolling on down, John, if you could. You can read the whole story later on. I want to make you aware of it, but I want you to understand what he was charged with. Huh? What he was charged with. Four misdemeanors. He's charged with four misdemeanors. Are you ready? They're giving him a year in jail. They've sentenced him to a year in jail. For what? You ready? Uh, you moved it there, John. I think I lost it. You know who was charged with entering? There it is. Stop right there. Entering. Now I lost it. <laughs> there it is at the bottom. Hold it. Entering and remaining in a restricted building. What? Disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building. How does he know it's a restricted building if they open the door and let you walk in? Violent entry. Violent entry and disorderly conduct. And parading or picketing in the Capitol. They wanted three years. They wanted him in jail for three years, $210,000 fine. That's what they wanted. 36-month probation, 60 hours of community service, $500 rescues, and a $16,646 fine. That's what they wanted. Go on and on and on and on down there. This is what he's facing. Uh, he's appealing. I pray that he's appealing. And I, I heard this through the grapevine, but it's not just the grapevine. It's very, but the judge said during the sentencing, that Isaac said, evidently during the testimony, Isaac said he did not hear the sirens go off in the in the capital. All right, did he? Did he maybe hear him? Didn't know what they meant? I, I don't know, whatever. And the judge said that he lied. Because he lied. He heard the sirens and lied on the witness stand. We're going to put him in jail for a year. So this, this kind of stuff can't stand. This, this kind of stuff cannot stand. This guy didn't. Look at it. Look at that. Look at that. Look at him. Oh, perilous times, man. We live, in, we live in unbelievably crazy times. I'm going to show you something else. I'll go to, go to uh, 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 look, we could, we could donate and help Isaac Yoda. I feel bad because I ask for money all the time here. I don't want to be one of those guys. I don't want to be those guys. But there is a go. There is a uh, GoFundMe down there. Put it. Put this in the chat so people can do what they want want to do with it. There, there's a way to help. He's got four kids. Four kids. Four little children. See, the government's into destroying families, folks. Don't ever think otherwise. Please understand that. The government is not for families, especially Christian families. He looks pretty threatening there, doesn't he? Look at those cops standing behind him. He looks pretty threatening. Better get him in jail. They wanted three years. Three years. Okay, I'm going to show you something else. <clears throat> Point number one. Point number one. Now, this is very, <clears throat> uh, this is informational I'm giving you today, okay? There it is. National prayer, announcing a national prayer at the federal courthouse during Proud Boys sentence hearing this Wednesday. The Proud Boys, if you know, it's just more of the same. It's just more of the same. Well, their sentencing is coming up August 30. And they're calling for a national prayer vigil. Scroll on down a little bit. 
I'm not going to talk about it. I'll put it in the chat if you want to know more about it. Here's what these guys are facing. It's what they're facing. Wow. 33 years in jail. That's Tario. He's the leader. Biggs is assistant. 33 years in jail. Folks, I, can you even, what would the world look like in 33 years? 27 years in jail. 30 years in jail. Pozzola, 20 years in jail. Put this in the chat. You can read more about it. I, I, read, I, was, I was reading through this. I was trying to figure out when is this privilege going on? When is this going on? And it, it never really said. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Bob, if, if the Clintons didn't go to jail, nobody should ever go to jail. This is amazing that, that, that this yeah. is going on. And our elected officials are doing nothing for it. They're doing nothing about it. Huh? Well, there's a lot of reasons there, a lot of stuff going on. Look, I'm, okay, so put that in the chat so guys can see it. I don't know. Study it on your own, just prayer vigil. Where would they like us to pray? Do they want us to come? To, it was really, uh, maybe you could, somebody can check that out for me. We can talk about it tomorrow. It was really unclear to me as I read it. Where they want you to be, what, can we just do it anywhere? So there's some homework assignment for somebody else. Uh, what else do I want to show you here real quickly? Um, in the words. Oh, yeah, again, this weekend, this Saturday, we're doing some street ministry. If you're in the central Ohio area and you would like to go with us, please email me or contact me. Say, Coach, I'd like to go. It's going to be just an afternoon's worth and it'd be a good training ground for some of you who've never been there. And I'm not going to tell you where, when, what, who, when, why right now because we have infiltrators who watch. Okay. Yes, Roger. Uh, go ahead, Roger. You can come and talk about Pastor Bill's case. It's still pending as well. Oh, I, I was just going to say his case is still pending. He needs not only our prayers, but our financial support. But uh, his case is still pending. He didn't even go in the building. He didn't even go in. He stood outside and street preached like he did every, you know, like he's done his whole life. Street preached. That's against the law now. So, folks, our uh, constitution's hanging in the balance. Go ahead, George. You said 33 years, Coach. 33-degree Freemason, 33-degree ley line. It's satanic. Okay. You did it to me. I want you to pull up something here, and I want you to put it in the chat. Boom. And if you guys want to follow this, you can. If you don't want to follow it, that's okay. It's up to you. Where is it? Which one is it, Coach? Uh, No. Hang on. Bear with me. Uh, No, no. Uh, No. Easy crap. Oh, I'm sorry. The very first one. Who controls the world? Put uh, Jonathan. Just click on that. Uh, this was sent to me by uh, Sam, Samuel, Janine, and uh, it's an hour and ten minutes. I put it on double time. It blew my mind. It blew my mind. I'm gonna put it in the chat. Just play. Uh, just play a couple minutes of this real quick, Johnny. Put it. At, put it on a, a double speed or whatever because. Uh, He talks slow. Go ahead. So if we reject the law, it's the same as rejecting the son. The rejection of the son is the same as rejection of the father. We are on the very verge of the final conflict, and the world needs to be won. This movement is not to form separate congregations. This movement is to infuse all. So the world is seeing revolts 
Well, who's engineering these events? It's not just happening in the Arab world, it's happening in Europe. It's going to come here. People are fed up with everything that's going on in this world. And this is the breach that needs to be repaired in the time that we live in. We can study prophecies, we can know what's happening in the world, we can see all of these things. If we don't start right here with Jesus, we've gone nowhere. In part one of Reaping the Whirlwind, we took a look at all the societies that fall under Rome. I encourage you to watch this, okay? That's all I can do. I encourage you to watch it. Put it in the chat. Uh, Really good. Jonathan, I'm all over the place this morning. It is Monday, okay? It is Monday. Jonathan, pull up the email about Charles Spurgeon. It says A on it there. Pull that up. Man, I got, I got, Charles Spurgeon said this. You guys remember him, right? The great theologian, Charles Spurgeon, brought revival to America. Charles Spurgeon said, David was not a believer in the theory that the world will grow worse and worse, that the dispensation will wind up with general darkness and idolatry. Earth's sun is to go down mid tenfold night if some of our prophetic brethren are to believed. Not so do we expect, but we look for the day when the dwellers in all lands shall learn righteousness, shall trust in the Savior, shall worship thee alone, O God, and shall glorify thy name. The modern notion has greatly damped the zeal of the church for missions, and the sooner it is shown to be unscriptural, the better for the cause of God. It, it is neither consort, it neither consorts with prophecy, honors God, nor inspires the church with ardor. Far hence be it driven. Charles Spurgeon saying in 1874 that the idea that we're going to leave this place to the devil is of the devil. Hang on. Say, Coach, you're crazy. No, I'm not. Go down number eight, Jonathan. I did a little bit of a research. I know I'm all over the place. Bear with me. I'm going somewhere. I said, Lord, occupy in the Bible. Do you know it's 45 different occurrences in the Bible? And you have taken them for inheritance to your sons after you occupy for possession. That's Leviticus. Numbers 10, let us go and occupy. Numbers 13, Deuteronomy 1, look, I have already given the land to you. Go occupy. Deuteronomy 2, Lord said, see, I've begun to deliver Sion and his land over to you. Begin to occupy that you might possess it. Deep South Alabama. And she was one of those people that, uh, that goes to church when she feels like it. But, you know, if she's got a hangover from the Mardi Gras ball the night before, she won't. <laughs> yeah. And the church actually had her working as the counselor for the church to counsel, to counsel people that were coming to the church that had problems. And she's the one, she's going to her own psychologist yep, and taking yep, her own medication. Yep, yep, yep. So that's, that's a huge problem. And then in regard to this Isaac Yoder, it really grieves me about this situation right here. And, uh, you know, most of the time when our government puts somebody in jail, uh, probably 90% of the general public agrees with that. And uh, that's not the case right now. This is the case where a lot of people would love to see the Cowboys rolling up with the ropes and jerking the jail cell off the wall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
uh, folks, uh, it's becoming clear that the government is a not just an enemy of Christianity, they are a hostile enemy of Christianity. They're hostile, right? Can, can you believe that they would take a father of four who merely walked into, dressed as a patriot with an American flag, walked into the building, did nothing other than that. They want to put him in jail for a year. They wanted to put him in jail for three years. It's amazing. Joe Allen. I'm sure in the definition of occupy, it doesn't mean about sitting in your lazy boy chair and not standing. You occupy your lazy boy chair. You do that, I guess. Yeah. You look, look at the January 6th men and women that were there. Over a million. That's a lot of occupying. Yeah. Enough, enough said. Well, Greg, well, uh, uh, Joseph, they want you to know that it's already occupied. <laughs> and they want you to know they ain't interested in an eviction notice. Right? You understand? That's really what we're doing. Hey, Johnny, are we back? Ready to roll here, man? I see you. Okay, good work there, buddy. I know it's, I know it's been tough on you. So where was I? I said, I want everybody to see this. Oh, this was nine years ago. I'm talking now about Maui. I got two things I want to show you on Maui. But I want you to watch this. Nine years ago. All right? Go ahead. They were talking about climate change yesterday, and now we're learning that scientists and researchers are looking at how to change the weather on purpose. That's right. Lasers now could one day manipulate rain and lightning. CBS This Morning contributor Michio Kaku is a physics professor at City College of New York. Professor, nice to see you. Extraordinary seeing Al Gore and Bill Clinton there together with Charlie, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. They did not get into this discussion, no. though. <laughs> but it is fascinating. I mean, lasers, really, to change the weather? That's right. Well, as Mark Twain once famously said, everyone complains about the weather, but no one ever does anything about it. Well, instead of doing a rain dance, we physicists are firing trillion watt lasers into the sky to actually precipitate rain clouds and actually bring down lightning bolts. This is potentially a game changer. But this is experimental. Uh, Experimental. However, in the laboratory so far it works. When you have water vapor and you have dust particles or ice crystals, you can precipitate rain. It condenses around the seeds. These seeds can also be created by laser beams. By firing trillion watt lasers, you rip apart the electrons, creating what are called ions, and these ions act like seeds, like dust particles, bringing down rain and even lightning. Go ahead. Well, I, I, this is fascinates me in part because, too, I remember reading the stories that China had used this during the Olympics, that the USSR had used this after Chernobyl to create rain clouds. I mean, w- did those really work then? We have some of these capabilities now? Inconclusive. Even in the 60s, the CIA used this to uh, bring down monsoons during the Vietnam War to wash out the Viet Cong. Governments have been playing with this to. thing. Alleged to. Alleged to, right. Yeah. Now, we realize that for decades now, these governments have been alleged to have experimented with weather control, but nothing conclusive. This time we're bringing in the laws of physics rather than simply uh, waving our hands and uttering mumbo jumbo. <laughs> We're actually using trillion-watt lasers now. And in the laboratory... Reasons, purposes of controlling weather. Nine years ago, agricultural for droughts and floods. Commercial, big events in sensitive buildings. Military, huh? 
Oh, yeah, it's a big conspiracy theory. They're not using laser beams. Go ahead. It's sure enough, they precipitate rain out of water vapor. Sure enough, you can actually bring down electricity down the, down the beam. So what does it mean for drought areas that, that need to have rain for crops? And if they don't have them, uh, there's in the consequences of famine. Well, the bad news is if it's a clear blue sky, it's not going to do anything at all because it only takes water vapor that's already in the air and condenses it. However, for floods, for agriculture, for farmers, for people planning wedding parties, uh, football <laughs> games, you name it, outdoor events and agriculture and flooding and even hurricanes, all of them could be subject to weather modification. Incredibly interesting. Professor Michio Kaku, thank you so much. Nine you know years ago. Put that in the chat. Nine years ago. Now I got to show you another. Are you sitting down? Betty, you sitting down? Hmm? Right? Hey, folks. And they're telling you, that, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Nine years ago, they were bragging that they could do it. How far has that technology increased in nine years? Okay. Are you sitting down? Oh. I've been exonerated. Uh, you've been exonerated. That's right, B. That's the way I feel. Pull up uh, number two and put this at about 1.5 speed. Now, Because look, folks, look. I told you the other day. Um, let me set this before you play this. I told you the other day that the, that the heat at that fire got higher than could scientifically a fire could have produced. The heat could not have gotten that, that high. This is a video created by this guy. You're going to see this here, folks. This car, these two cars here, are look at look at the metal melting off of that, and these two cars are sitting. Well, you just watch 1.5 speed. We're not going to watch the whole thing. Go ahead, John. Hey, hello, guys. Eric West here, HawaiiRealEstate.org, coming to you live from the Hainaluna neighborhood, Maui, Hawaii. Citizens, impromptu reporter. wasn't planning on doing this, uh, but this is what we're doing. And I'm thankful to have a Starlink from David Crawford, and we're here reporting on what I believe is potentially a smoking gun of sorts. We just don't know what it is, but I'm going to show you the scenario of this car and what's surrounding it and how temperatures could reach this level, creating this amount of melting of aluminum. I'm here with Donovan. He is, a, I believe, a, a hero of sorts. Aloha, Donovan. Aloha. He's, he's the one that brought it to my attention that we have these, these very strange occurrences. We just shot down on the highway. I don't know if it was actually live, but um, we have it all recorded, so we're going to post it. We're at another one of these locations. So this is well above the burn zone, essentially, in a neighborhood known as Lahaina Luna. I'm going to show you around real quick so you can see the scenario and then judge for yourself. And again, if you enjoy content like this, I encourage you to please like the channel, subscribe, and share the video so you can get the truth of what's going on here at Maui. So where I'm at right now, just to orientate you, you can see the lights for the football stadium right there at Lahaina Luna. So we're right below Lahaina Luna High School in the neighborhood that did not, I repeat, did not burn. You can see all these houses are standing around here, unburned. There's no burn here, okay? So to me, this is like something out of a, out of a space movie because you have this small field with some grass yeah, that burned, that right? You can see where the grass burned. But then you have these two vehicles sitting in here that have melted aluminum. So, Donovan, if you want to just take us through this car real quick and show us. I know you know a few things about cars that require a very high temperature. By the way, we just talked to the neighbor who was talking to an investigator in Lahaina Town yesterday, and he said the investigator told him the temperatures reached in excess of 3,000 degrees. So tell us what you got, Donovan. Well, we have about 300 degrees for aluminum. And this aluminum... 1,300? 1,300. Well, 1,220, but if you round it up, because it was not only melted, it was liquefied to the point where it became a river of aluminum going down the dirt hill. So this is the aluminum rim, obviously. There's the tire, what's left of it, the steel threads or steel belts. And maybe combination gas tank if the gas tank's aluminum. Okay, okay. So you have liquefied aluminum running down the side of a grass fire. The caliper, caliper melted. 
unless they stole it, but it, it looks like the bolts are still there. So that, and then you got the belt, the steel belt of the tire, which is just a bunch of a wire mesh laying there. And you have the windows that were melted, the back window. If you look at the big old, like almost like the glass is just melted. Yeah, it was ripping. This is a, almost what you would see if you put a car in an incinerator. But this is not surrounded by a bunch of structure fires or anything. Yeah, there's, no, there's no fuel. So besides the gas, folks, you get you get it right. So look, <clears throat> there's there are evil forces at work in this nation who have seized positions of power and authority, whether we want to believe it or not. And I'm going to really, really shake you to your core. Republicans are just as guilty. How many Republicans have been trying to get these J6ers out? How many Republicans have been standing up and pushing back against the cheating in the elections? See, they make, they make you pick a side. Republicans good, Democrats bad, and they divide us and we fight against each other when both of them, their job is to advance government. You know, folks, come on, come on. Come on. And so they keep us fighting with each other. And then this kind of stuff happens. And uh, you're called a conspiracy theorist. The media goes a different direction. And so I want to, I'm trying to encourage you today to not buy what the media is going to tell you because the, the media is part of this Luciferian cabal. Come on in, Mark Trump. I saw you there real quick. Come on in. Well, Coach, I don't need to dwell on this, but those tires and the steel belts in them are like the power grid. They're ice. They're insulated wires separate from ground. Mm. They're in, they're in the rubber. So if a if a RF frequency of a high enough amplitude were to pass through the tire it would cause the arcing between those wires to catch the tires on fire. The one beside that car had steel rims and they weren't melted. Okay. But the tires did. All right. So the thing is, is that that's, what's going to happen to our power grid coach. Now I worked on the aircraft that did this. I did. They, they, it was an aircraft that flew over, and we would turn on our transmitters, and we would fry things overseas. That's what we did. I worked on the equipment that came off the aircraft that did it. So I'm just saying that this is very consistent with putting foil in a microwave to make it very simple. Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. Amen. Huh? Don't believe them. That, folks, did you know there's still media blackout in Maui? Still media. Look, I'm heading on. My head, heading to something else. Hang on. We're, we're Amen, working. Mark. Amen. Amen. We cannot. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a real hard left here. I'll let Craig come in. Then I'm taking a real hard left because I want you to understand this as well. Go ahead, Craig. Maui is one of the most critical components in our Pacific Defense Fleet. It's where Space Force works out of. They can they watch and monitor all the satellite traffic. Uh, over the world and they're also looking for things for asteroids it's a major military component and target and and i'm not that might be it might not necessarily be us it might have been somebody else take out that asset or at least severely hinder it by killing the people that work in it so craig mickle and mark trump 
And CBS nine years ago told us these things are real, right? They're real. We now know they're real. But they would never use them. They're real, but they would never use them, right? And we got forest fires breaking up, up, up in Canada, up in New England. We got forest fires breaking out everywhere. We don't know what's going on. I mean, come on, folks. Come on. Okay. Okay. Where was I? Where is it, Coach? Uh, I got to show you this. Number five, Johnny. Pull up number five. I'm thinking about Oliver Anthony. The dollar's no good, right? They tax the hell out of it. The dollar's no good. This was an inflation calculator. Can you make it a little bit bigger, John? Folks, look, your house is not worth more than it was 20 years ago. It simply costs more dollars to buy it. You with me? You guys remember the day when a Coke was 25 cents and now it's $2? It's the same product worth costing you 10 times the amount. That's what inflation does. It's it's what it does to us, okay? So this is an inflation calculator. And it says, if I purchased an item in 1913 for a dollar, what would it cost me today? Well, that same item would cost you $30.88. Something you bought for a dollar in 1913 would cost you $31 today. The exact same product. See, inflation cheapens dollar, okay? So let's say, okay, I, I remember back when I went to college in 1975. So Johnny, go to 1975 and put in there, say something. Let's say when I went to college, it cost me $3,000. I think it was, I think at a year of college when I went was $3,000. Uh, 1975. What would a year of college cost me today, John? $17,045.97. Folks, do you see this? Do you see this in your life? Do you understand what's going on? 1975. My $3,000 education is worth would cost 17, that's a 468% inflation. Who's getting rich off inflation? Hmm? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's say I want to, hey, let's say uh, I went out in 1980 and I bought, I wanted to buy me a, a new car, 1980. I want to buy a new train, I bought a new, by the way, let's go, let's go back, go back to 1976, 1976. I bought a, uh, when I graduated from college, 1976, I bought a 1976 black Pontiac Trans Am. And it cost me, are you ready? Are you ready? Brand new, $4,200. $4,200. Johnny, what would that thing cost me today? $22,566. Do you, folks, are you understanding inflation? You understand what's going on? And then what happens? Hey, Betty, they tell you your property used to be worth $80,000 and now it's worth $300,000 and you're all excited? And they tax you on three hundred thousand. And it's exact same property, and nothing changed. Right, right, you folks. You get what's going on? See what's going on? So, John, put this in the chat so people can figure it out on their own. Hang on a minute, Johnny. Before you do, before you do, uh, let's go to two thousand, Johnny. Just two thousand. Let's say I bought me a. Let's say I bought that car for forty two thousand, forty two hundred dollars in two thousand. What would it be worth today? Oh, it doubled, just since two thousand. The cost of that car has doubled. Huh? See what's going on? Hmm? Unbelievable. Judd, come on in.
Keith. 1967. One U.S. gallon. 25 cents gasoline. Put that in there. Put that in there. What year would that be, Keith? 1967. 1967? When I went to college in 71, it was it was 35 cents a, a gallon. What would it be today? Put uh, put 35 in there. Put, put 35 in there. Now, we can't even really do gas because that today's $3.20. Huh? That's an 815% increase. Angie. Coach, could you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Go, Judd. Go, Judd. Sorry about that. I uh, uh, noticed my username's different. I did. That's when okay. I got Go ahead. Our, our Michigan uh, event, they wiped out my accounts. So uh, my uh, all my Google stuff is all gone. So I had to create a new 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 entries. So figuring figuring things out. Uh, I was going to say is that uh, uh, the whole Maui incident, um, there's actual video footage. I got to send this to you. It's pretty wild regarding the weather and regarding the laser weaponry from Disney that they put out in 1968. So to think of the timing of uh, how long they've had this stuff, yep. but a full video with them explaining it from the 60s of what they're doing today is, is just astronomical. Send that to me if you can, Judd. I may use it on my Brideon show today. If you, if you can find that, send it to me. All right. I, I got to get uh, – <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how to use email. <laughs> I get you. I get you, man. I get you. It's, ama- it's amazing, huh? Folks, more of their father the devil and the work of their father they will do. He was a liar from the start. In him there is no truth. They have seized our government. Angie. Yeah, don't miss the greater the greater issue with this um, inflation calc- calculator. It only goes back to 1913. If mm. you put something from 1912, it won't exist. And do you know what happened in 1913? Two key things. The 16th Amendment of, for income taxes was passed and the creation of the Federal Reserve banking system. There you are. So, that we, so this, the entire thing for the last 110 years the, the concept of inflation, which really didn't even exist prior to this. I mean, you it was ran purely on supply and demand of your goods and services for the cost of something. Now they manipulate it through the value of the dollar. And so the entire concept and construct of inflation is a man-made, manufactured concept in economics. And it's the, the whole thing is a scam and a sham, and which is, you know, once they devalued gold and silver, this, they had free reign on everything. Yeah, but Angie, we know what's going on now, right? They're, they're yeah. going away from the dollar. It's not tight. It's not the petrodollar. It's not the reserve currency anymore. Our dollar is going to become worth exactly what it's worth, which is nothing. That's nothing. Amen. Yeah. Hey, folks, that's where it's headed. And, and you, you think they won't financially collapse America? Absolutely. You think, you think they want America being what America is today, and now they have the ability to get even. Do you think those guys in the Middle East aren't mad at us for the way we went over there and bombed them and destroyed them? You think they're not mad? You think the people, oh, come on, man. Exactly. This, right, this righteous country. God bless America over there killing people, bombing, overthrowing governments. Come on, wake up. Wake up. Keith and Jack. What difference does it make? Hillary said, at this point, what difference does it make? I guess nothing. I guess. Yep. Jack. 
Uh, two two quick points. Uh, I think the thing with Yoder is a Dale Sosha uh, event where you um, target the judge and the prosecutor. Uh, Put him back up that. there. Dan. That's something we'll Put talk him. about later. Put him up there again if you can. Look at this guy. A year in jail. Just just think about this. Four little children. God fearing man. In fact, the judge target, said, Jack, the yeah, judge target said, those two people. The judge said this. You ready for this, folks? That he said he'd never gotten more complimentary letters on anybody than he got on this young man right here. But the judge said uh, he thinks he lied about not hearing the siren. So he's going to. So in other words, he's going to sentence him to a year in jail for lying, if he did lie, right? Right? Could you know why? Because there's no way any judge in D.C. wants to let anybody off. They don't want to let anybody off. Deanna. Good morning, Coach. A quick question. In regards to these, this BRICS meeting that took place last week, and from what I understand, it's like 147 countries have signed in or signed on to this, this new currency that BRICS is introducing. Yes. But how are we to prepare or survive if they do stabilize, destabilize the, our dollar? Well, it's almost getting too late, right? That's why I haven't talked about gold and silver for how long? How long have I been telling people to get gold and silver? Because if I understand it, right, the BRICS are going to go to a gold-backed currency. That's what's happening right in front of us. See, the world got destroyed when Nixon in 1973, I think it was, took us off the gold standard. That's when inflation took over. And you think the rest of the world can't wait to rub it in our face? I don't know what will happen. We we can't say it's it's not well-deserved. I mean, seriously, we've been scamming people forever. Yep. Now, the great, the but, greatest wealth transfer in the history of the world is about to take place. When right. they reattach money to gold and silver, the greatest wealth transfer ever will take place. And I'm yeah. sorry if at this point you don't have any gold and silver. By but the way, my, well, my husband and I have been buying gold and silver for about a year and a half now. Yeah. Well, quit telling so everybody. We, quit telling right, everybody. Yeah. Now, the question, question is, is, hang on, well, hang on. What's, I'm what, sorry. what's your gold and silver going to be worth if there isn't an American right. dollar? What's it going right. to be worth? Exactly. Now, my real quick question. I work for the federal government. Okay. I can, and I'm really thinking about taking as much as they'll allow me to take and purchase property. Is that a good move? You think that's what I'm trying to set up here on September 23rd, when we're going to have this, we're going to have this thing with uh, uh, Ross down, Ross down regarding Five, 401ks. You can take your retirement out and put it in property, in tangible. You are allowed to do that. And if you okay. miss this thing, shame on you. They're going to talk talk to you about gold and silver, the value of gold and silver. They're going to talk to you about. We're going to talk to you about uh, getting your uh, your estate planning in order. Those three things. We're doing it on September twenty third. If we're still around, then we're going to give you all the info. If you do not tune in to watch this, I don't even. I don't even. I don't know what to do. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Do we have time? I don't know. I don't know if we have time. But I would tell you this. I, I'm, not, I'm not a millionaire or a friend of a millionaire. But if I had a million dollars, I sure as hell wouldn't have it in the bank. I'd have it in something tangible. I'd have it in something I can actually hold. Like I own this. Somebody says, hey, coach, do you have any scissors? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me go to the bank and get the scissors. No, no, no. I got them right here. I got them right here. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. Dale. 
Hallelujah, Coach. Let's go back to the nefarious side of our government. Not only were they doing that stuff with the with the uh, dues, the direct energy weapons. Remember, I shared with you last week my my dermatologist, who is a born again spirit filled Christian, who says I would never. She goes, I was never always against uh, vaccines. She goes, but right now I, it is petrifying. I would never inject any kind of vaccine because once a vaccine has been approved, right, it can be altered and changed and without testing again. And they do not have to tell you what they did to the altering. It's not just the jab, coach. It's tetanus, right? It's any kind of thing that you stick in your child or in your arm could have been altered and there's nothing that you know about it. They're sticking it in animals and feeding it to us. Oh, these are dark days, aren't they? These are dark days, man. These are dark, dark days. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not scared. I am not afraid. I'm telling look, are you looking at me? I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid at all. With my antenna are up. Something seriously wrong, boys and girls. Paul. I'm sorry, Coach. I just didn't know. Is it uh, the Salt and Light Brigade where you go to donate money here? I don't know. I always for what, Paul? Well, this young man right here. And his- oh, uh, yeah. On his, on his, inter- on his. Uh, yes. If you scroll down, it gives you a place that you can go donate some money to him. What a, what a sweet kid he is, man. I hate to call him a kid. He's a kid. He's got four kids. He shows up dressed like Patrick Henry has an American flag, and they want to throw him in jail for a year. Something, something seriously, seriously wrong. Hey, let's occupy. Let's occupy till he comes. Now look, homework for you today. Watch that video that we played at the beginning that explains who's in control. You sit back and put that on 1.5 speed, and at the end of it, you're going to go, wow. See you at 11. Those who watch me on Friday on. Otherwise, see you tomorrow morning. God bless.